Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 Podcast. Memphis, 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 and I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I prove people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901, presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and with me, is my main guy. He is Ryan. What's up, man? Good night, man. How are you? Good, good. Uh, Grizzlies, you think they're doing all right? I think they're doing about as good as anyone would expect, barring the circumstances. <laughs> Considering right. the circumstances. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't honestly want to get. You know, too in depth. We're getting too in depth into it for sure throughout this podcast, but um, it's always fun going to Grizz Twitter. You never know what you're going to get, and uh, <laughs> I enjoy it uh, very much. So, uh, so it's it's a good time. But um, let's get into a little bit of uh, what's been happening lately. The Grizzlies, obviously, um, they're now two and one, and so they win. Opening night versus Knicks. Impressed? Unimpressed? By the Grizzlies. We'll do the Grizzlies right now. Uh, it was fine. Impressed with John. <laughs> right. That is and true. that's probably how I could describe the game so far. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. Impressed with um, John. All right. The second game against the Rockets. Impressed? Ugly. Horrible. But impress the job. <laughs> That's the thing is like you can be I, I don't know, like I, I get that it is what it is, but like man, the fact that Ja looks the way he does is impressive, like you said. So I think that's very important to to view. Uh last one, last game on a back to back. What do you think about what happened? The madness with the Mavs. Expected. Um, exactly. Very expected. Third game in four nights and on a back-to-back. That is a for sure you're going to lose. Um, and there was, I believe, five teams who played Saturday who had that same situation. All four lost by double digits except for the Magic. And the Celtics were missing all of their bids. Um, so if they had Al Horford, they probably beat them by double digits too. Um, and the other, and the one that lost outright was the lowly 76ers who were 14 point favorites heading into the night. So this is an expected loss. Like you should lose and most do lose by 20. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I think we've actually called it, uh, every game so far. 
just kind of being, you know, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but just kind of these are all expected, in my opinion, the way these games have gone. I think I think I said that the Grizzlies would win by double digits. Um, if you uh, out in Houston, if you look at that game, if you go to the second half, they won by double. Like they should have won the game by double digits. They played both both halves the correct way. Uh, but the first half, they didn't look good. You know, Ja looked okay. He wasn't great in that first quarter. Then you saw it in the second quarter. He kind he turned it on very much so. Um, and obviously, the second half was just unreal. But uh, Ja could have easily got 50 if he wanted to. And I don't think he cared that much. You know, he's already had it before. So I don't think it's like, oh my God, I have to get there. He just kind of let the game come to him. Uh, and I, I'm glad that they didn't force it. Like, if he's going to get 50, let it let, let it be like a real 50 and not just all right everybody passing the ball keep shooting keep shooting and i think that's because the game was actually close towards the end so there's no way they could do that but uh let's roll through the three teams that we played against uh nicks impressed unimpressed no okay not at all nick uh, are you talking about the Knicks in general yes just in general not in that game just in general like your thoughts going forward about them i'll give them an okay um, because they're in the East. Like, I actually really like Jalen Brunson for that team, and I think it's a good situation for him because he gets to show out and he gets to show, like, he looks like a real point guard. And right. he doesn't have the speed or the flash to get by anybody, but he's just going to be really solid. So I think the Knicks would be all right. But they're going to kind of go how R.J. Barrett goes, and he's wildly inconsistent. So. Yeah. That's why their record is probably going to be wildly inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I really liked him, um, and I like Brunson. I think he's going to be a very underrated player this year for the Knicks. I think he's a guy that once him and RJ figure each other out, and let's just be honest, once RJ figures himself out, like <laughs> he's looked bad. Uh, I think Vernon at one point, I heard uh, Vernon say that, he looked like he was overweight when he saw him kind of in person there and opening mm-hmm. night. Maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, it, it hasn't been good. Uh, we'll say that for sure. It's been a little ugly. Uh, but uh, next game, Rockets at all? Are you impressed? Unimpressed? No, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league again. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I, I don't. They obviously they have one basketball. That's what we. I think we've all said that they have one basketball. <laughs> they literally. <laughs> They have talent, and yeah, if you get one by on whatever his name is, Victor. If you get Victor, <laughs> he, you're still, you're still a struggling team. I don't care how good he is. I, I know that he is franchise changing, but I'm just, they don't have an identity. They don't have a front office. They don't have anything that helps them go the right direction. They have a, good, a bunch of good pieces, um, and so we'll see. Um, last one, Mavericks. The Luka Magic, impressed? Not impressed? Yeah. I mean, the Magic are going to be really good. Uh, the Mavs are going to be really Mavericks, good. Yep. I, um, I think a lot of people were starting to pile on now. Like, uh, did they really get better? They lost Brunson, blah, blah, blah. And um, they play so slow, and they're going to be a top 10 defense, but they're really, really good in half court. Like, that ball is just popping around the perimeter. And I'm not a huge Christian Wood guy, but. When he comes in in the second unit so far and he can just bring out second unit bigs and go by them or just shoot threes in their face, 
that's a pretty big disadvantage. So I don't know if they'll change anything with that rotation, but I think this kind of we just kind of do this when we get closer to season, right? We're looking for content. Well, did the Mavericks really get any better? Are they going to be bad? The Mavericks are going to be pretty dang good. Um, yeah. And they're going to be a top 10 defense, like I said. And the Southwest Division, our division, is got to be, what, the second best division in the NBA. Like, right. from what we've seen from the Pelicans so far. It's a really, really difficult division. Um yeah. And the Spurs and Rockets, I know, like, everybody says they're quote-unquote trying to take. But if you watch the Spurs against the 76ers, that is truly a, like, Euro offense. There is not one singular guy that needs the ball. They're all popping the ball around. Whoever gets the best shot shoots it. Like, I think they're going to be – they're going to have games where they get blown out, right? But especially against good teams. But I think they're going to win more games than people expect them to. Now, that's not saying they're going to win 30 games or anything because they just don't have the talent. But they're kind of those, like, rockets. You at least got to show up, right? You can't just sleepwalk like the Grizzlies did in the first half against the Rockets. I, I just don't think you can do that in our division at all. I think the teams are going to be friskier than people think, even though they'll ultimately still lose. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, like the jazz, like as we're recording this right now, like they're in overtime with the Pelicans and they were leading the Pelicans. The Pelicans had to make a really good fourth quarter to just to come back. Like the jazz have been good. There's a lot of teams that have been good that we did not expect them to be, but, mainly like the division that we're in going back to a little bit, what you were talking about, it is tough, man. Like I've never seen it as I definitely have seen it tougher, but now that the Grizzlies are up there and they never had been up there when the Spurs were just dominant. Uh, But San Antonio is not going to be good, but new Orleans is obviously, I think they're going to be a playoff team. They look good so far. Memphis. I think the Grizzlies are going to be a playoff team. And Dallas, I think, will be a playoff team. Do you think this will be the strongest conference? Because the other conference you're looking at that you probably have to compete because it can't be the Portland, Utah, Denver, Minnesota, OKC, right? Because there's two two teams at the most that would be a playoff team. It's, so it's got, it's got to be Pacific, which I believe is Warriors, Suns, Clippers, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah, like that's that to me is the top. Um. Yeah, those. That's probably the top division. Um, uh, I can't remember who the bottom are. It's is it the Lakers and Kings? Like the Kings yep. might be yep. kind of frisky. We know the Lakers are dead. Um, but like the Kings are kind of like the sexy favorite to be like a, you know, kind of a frisky NBA team. Even though I personally don't believe that. Um. So I think right now I would give a leg up to them just for the whole, I guess, quality of the five versus our quality of the five in total. But I, you, I, let's just say, I'll say this right now, that it would not shock me if all three of the top teams in the Southwest Division make the second round of the West playoffs. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me. Is it, unli- is it likely? No because there's potential that we're, we're matched up against one of them in round one. Um, yeah. But if you're just like gun to your head, I, I just, I could see all three of them 
being in the second round, which is kind of crazy. Because, I mean, we already had Mavs and us last year in the second round. Pelicans gave the Suns a run in round one, and the Pelicans look better already. Now, of course, you got to expect Zion to be healthy all season, but like, I would not be shocked if that were the case. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, I, I think that the the potential, like for the future, like I, the Southwest Division is the 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 new guard, and the Pacific Division is kind of like the old guard of uh, the teams that used to be dominant and are still dominant, but they're not like they're, they're on their way down. Like a couple of years from now, obviously you have, you know, superstars that will be aging and they could age themselves out of being really good. Look at LeBron James. I'm not saying it's all him. He's still good, but he can't carry a team like he used to. And maybe it's because Russell Westbrook just sucks. I I don't know. Um, (laughs) And maybe it's the, maybe it's how they put together, the entire roster. Uh, I have so much to talk about that I want to talk about on them, not on this <laughs> podcast. Um, but if you want to so, follow up on that story, check out Free Basketball. We'll have our podcast coming out. Um, it'll be tomorrow as well. We don't do that one live, just the Grizz, but uh, we do an NBA show, uh, part of the Lead Sports Network, and it will be coming out. So uh, check that out because I know we're going to, he's going to, Ryan's going to, Ryan's the host of that show. He gives me a chance to actually go off on a little rant. Uh, we've, I've already asked for it, so uh, I haven't told him what I'm going to say, so I'm kind of waiting, kind of waiting. Yeah, so. no, I, I do want to say before we get into anything else with the Grizz, I, I couldn't be happier that it's 2-1 and one as a record because I do think there is – I think you could make an argument that they should be 0-3 um, or at least 1-2, and two, best case scenario. So this is a dream for me uh, because the defense looks – really bad which is expected right you move out eight year five year vets you bring in a second year and a rookie you're missing some of your top two guys like this is an expected thing the problem that really bothers me is how those guys even though they're younger like they should be you know more spry kind of ready to go how easily they get blown by and like it's just really one step or one crossover or one jab and they're done like they're toast um and they're either fouling or we have to rotate or something so i don't know if you watch the opening game between the mavs and the suns um but monty williams like they had i think a half like the mavs were blowing them out and i know the suns came back and won that game probably shouldn't have but they did um but the interview of Monty Williams, like, what's going on with the defense, blah, blah, blah. And I thought he said something which isn't mind-blowing, but I think it pertains to what's going on with the Grizzlies. Is He was like, look, we can talk about scheme. Now I'm going to butcher the quote, so I'm not going to say quote-unquote. Um, but in essence, he was like, look, we can talk about scheme and how we're going to defend this guy, how we're going to defend that guy, how we're going to rotate. But we can't even do that right now. All we have to do is stay in front of our man. And I think the Grizzlies are, especially for the young guys, and like it looks like they're trying to run scheme. Like they're trying to be in position, they're trying to rotate, they're trying to be in the right spot. They're focusing on all this other off-ball crap instead of locking in on your man on ball. And so uh, the defense is bad. It's really bad on ball. And that's what I would say to this team is like, yeah, scheme is important, 
But if you can't even remotely stay in front of anybody, scheme does not matter. So I would like us to just get back to, um, which would be a great test with the Nets coming up, is like, dude, just guard somebody one-on-one. Like literally guard them one-on-one and keep them in front of you. And that will really, really help our defense. Because right now it's, it's awful. It's a porous defense. It's the probably tied for worst defense in the league with the Rockets right now, if we're being honest. Wow. So have you noticed that they're playing like a matchup zone throughout some of the game? <sighs> they do a little bit of that. They're trying to do a little bit of everything. I just think they're too worried about, especially for the young guys, just being in like – They've got too much going on. Yeah. And they're well, trying to, to learn it. Like, they'll eventually learn it, and that's fine. They're going to have to, right? Like, you have to be able right. to execute a defensive scheme. But right now, for those young guys, it shouldn't matter. Like, please, Santi Aldama, just sit down in a stance. <laughs> like, dear God. Like, quit standing straight up on a closeout, sticking your hand up, and then trying to catch up. It's just not going to work. Yeah. So uh, you just quit worrying about scheme so much right now. It's to me, it's not about that. It can be like that later in the season. It's going to have to be right. But yeah. um, it, it's got to be about getting a stance, staying in front of your guy. That's it. And if you get blown by, it's the freaking NBA. You get blown by. It is what it is. But you've got to at least move your feet, be in a stance and shuffle and try to cut somebody off instead of just giving them a wide open lane after one crossover. Yeah. Well, if you look at this team, like Kyle was a really good defender. Melton was a really good defender. So they lost their defensive potential, which if you look at the, you know, I think combined, I saw um, somebody say the other day that, uh, Kyle Anderson and Melton together have scored a total of 16 points this season in their games. Uh, so they're not obviously big offensive threats, but they were great defensively. So we are trading offense and defense. That's just the truth. And so you're adding in a John Conchar and a Santi Aldama in those positions, taking out a Jaron who is potentially, you know, de- defensive player of the year. So Yes, I, I agree, but I also think there's potential where they could actually be okay. And I think that that matchup zone is really what they're trying to go for, for the simple fact that it hides a little uh, of their defic- deficiencies um, and it allows them to rotate and have more of a streamlined effect where, you know, I'm going to be here because my man was here. And then as we go, if my guy goes that way, we'll just, we know we automatically switch. There's not as much. Uh, communication that's needed because it's on, it's an understood rule. Um, and so if they're, if they're in that, which they have been, obviously it can change if they do overloads and whatnot, but that's part of the, the another rule within a, a matchup zone. So um, I, I, I think that they're okay. I think they're going to have to figure out their identity, but that also comes with time. I think that they can outscore teams offensively. I think that's what they're going to kind of go for early on. Um, and as long as Ja isn't tired and he's motivated, they're going to be good. He was tired and he was unmotivated in that Dallas game. Like he knew that there was no way they were going to win that game. So he was putting out enough effort to be okay while 
he was still dead dog tired too. So he was like, all right, I'm, I'm just wasting this energy knowing we're losing. This doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I think that's kind of how their whole effort looked on the entire Mavericks game. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, and he should be tired, right? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. That's on. not, uh, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been. It's a legit no, excuse. Yeah, yeah. Like he just played. Yeah. I mean, and he still dropped 20 and right. I, I really think he was hoping that Bane was going. Um, yeah. Because I, I really, I, I, I think that he was kind of hoping Bane would finally get over the hump a little bit because he's been awful. Like he's been really bad. Um, and it's not like his shots are bad and yeah. it's not like he's doing good things. They just simply aren't falling right now. And that's okay. Like he had stretches like this last year. Um, it's just so obvious because it's jawing him right now. Um, so it really stands out. So I, I know some people have been posting about, should we be, we be worried about Bane already? And that's an absolutely not. Um, it just looks really bad because he's the second guy and there might be a little bit of, he's trying like, he knows he's the second guy. There's no one else to take shots from him. Like, and he's trying to contribute to this team. So maybe is there too much, um, not effort, but he knows he has to contribute to this team. Right. Um, and we've seen it, Instead of like playing within the flow, um, which he, he was really good last year, playing within the flow, pass up a shot if it's not there, create something else, let the ball come back. And he's searching for stuff right now um, instead of necessarily in the flow, which may be part of he feels the pressure of he has to contribute with job. Um, yeah. And I think we, I think the key to that is you just see the difference in his first half assist versus second half assist. Um, I don't know why he's done it all three games, but it's like one one assist in the first half, and he's forcing not doing very well. And then in the second half, he's like, all right, let me just get back to being. He gets like three or four assists in the second half, um, right. and he's getting the ball back, and they're just not falling, and that's. It's fine. Like it's fine. That's why I think it's great that we're two and one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a miracle that we're two and one. Honestly, um, and the only reason we're two and we only have that one lost is because of situational. I agree. Um, if, if we had two days rest and go against the Mavs, is the result the same? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not forty. Um, I think it's a lot closer games, probably within single digits. I don't know if they win, but there's a lot better effort. So the offense, like you can see, like the offense is just not great, right? Like it's it's two people, and it's obvious. Yeah, There is yep. nothing, nothing going on besides those two guys. And right. poor Bain has run himself to death and <laughs> just tried to get open just trying to get open and everyone else is just standing in the corner or, you know, Adam's just screening for those guys. And like, that's just where we are right now in the offense. Like we are not going to be very good in half court offense unless Bain is on a heater. Like it just is. Or John keeps hitting threes. Like it has been like, we're just going to be a bad half court team right now because there is just nothing going on. 
you have the off-ball cutting stuff. You don't have the off-ball motion stuff. There's no one really else that I don't think this coaching staff and Taylor Jenkins trust to handle the ball um, past, like, maybe an easy closeout rotation. But there's nothing else going on. So I think you hit it on the head. This team has got to get up and down. And they, like, even on makes, they have got to push right away and look for early baskets. Because the longer the possession goes into the shot clock for the Grizzlies, the less I feel good about it. Um, So early offense for me is something to look for. Now, it's great that they're playing the Nets because the Nets are just as terrible as the Grizzlies on defense right now. (laughs) Um, So this might be your highest team total. If you get, uh, if you want to mention gambling a little bit, this will probably be the highest team total that there is so far this year. It would not shock me if it's in near 240 um, or even north of 240 because no one is going to play defense in this game. Like you are not going to get a stop. Uh, so it should be a really Ooh. high flying, really high flying, flying fun offensive scoring game tomorrow. And that's that's honestly how the Grizzlies are going to win right now. They're not going to stop anybody. It's just it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. They have to outscore people right now, and they have that capability. Um, it's just if Josh still has the legs, if we're 10 to 15 games in, if there's still something going on with Dylan and Zaire, um, and if Bain's going to still be ice cold like he has been. But I think yeah. he turns it around soon. I think tomorrow it's tomorrow, right? That we play the Nets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tomorrow. I could, I could see, Monday. I could, I could see it being a one thirty to one forty type game. Like seriously, like it could be. Sheesh. It it could be crazy points. Nobody defends on either side. Right. Of the well, let's play the. Uh, well, let's play a little bit of uh, gambling real quick. Um, mm. I have the lines; they are out for this. So let's um, let's see if you're right because obviously. You know, you're giving you're giving your thoughts on it. Um, what's the line on this game that you think it is? Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say it's the Nets favored at the Grizzlies by two and a half. So the Nets by two and a half is fa- favored. You're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, it's uh, actually the opposite. Really? Okay. Grizz Grizz by two by one and a half on some books. So one and a half two, pretty much a pick them. Um, in a game, That's so surprising. pretty even. Yeah. Yep. Um, over under, give me a number. I it's got to be at least two thirty eight and a half. Not even close. Not even close. Is it two forty two already? Not even close. Is it lower? Yes, much. Which book? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's pause this program for five minutes. <laughs> it's 228. Everywhere. That's insane. That's insane. It's not gonna happen. And let me let me give you a little bit of uh let me give you a little bit of something. Utah and the Rockets, they play tomorrow night. What do you think? Just kind of guessing what their team total might be, or not their total might be overall. <sighs> Let's see. Grizz Rockets was 232. I'm going to say that one's 234 and a half. It's 232 as well. And literally, really? like the, Grizz, the Grizzlies have 
there's what five, six, seven games, whatever. They literally have the third lowest total of all the games. No, I, I <laughs> every I, other I'm game, just... it's crazy. The Spurs and Timberwolves are 230 and a half. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. There are other games that, that that was wrong, but um, but yes, there are still games like Pacers 76ers 226, Raptors and the Heat are a rock fight at 217. <laughs> but just <laughs> but just in general, like yeah, 228 it, on the dot. It hadn't moved uh, since we've been talking. So, um, are you going to put your money on that? Yeah, it's already being submitted now. Um, I guarantee you that line closes north of 235 tomorrow. Wow. There's no, yeah, there's just, there's no way. Especially with the Grizzlies, they will have a day rest. They should be a little bit better. Yeah. And it's at home. Come on. The Nets have had, what, two days rest? Unless the Nets are not playing people. Right. Um, that's the only thing I can think of where this wouldn't go over. Well, funny you say that the is. The Nets don't score. Well, funny you say that. Um, the only player props out right now are on Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> so those three are playing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I guess they're just waiting for Dylan. Uh, because I've noticed that about the Grizzlies props is they've taken longer with them. So right. I, I don't know. Not, not, I mean, I know John took a knee in the, to, to, to what, to the quad in the Rockets game. So, yeah, but he played that last I just, game. I don't see where he's going to sit. Yeah. No, no, not right now. Especially against the Nets. Like, one, he plays well against them, which is the main thing. He's going to want to play um, for sure. So, yeah, 228. If you're interested at all, go, uh, you know, the over-under is 228. So, go uh, go oh, have okay. some fun if you're going to bet with that. Um, all right. From heaven. Yeah, uh, let's get into something that is Ryan's favorite, and it's going to oh. be a conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. This will be yours, and then what we'll do is uh, we'll do this. Uh, we won't spend too much time on it. It's uh, it's it's funny. I, I, I asked Nathan, who is uh, our weekday boo, uh, to give me a little <laughs> bit of information on um, the Mavs and the Grizzlies, and he he gave me some very good stats, so... I'm going to kind of read through this a little bit. Stop mm-hmm. me if you have something that you want to say, but um, it's not very long. It's a, it's just a full text, right? Nothing crazy, nothing crazy. Um, and, I've, right. and I haven't heard this, right? Yes, not, yes. This is okay. very new information. I'm just okay. curious if if you think the same way because you're very much a conspiracy theorist. But uh, oh, all right, yeah. so there have been seven total Ja versus Luka matchups, all right? Okay. And the Mavs are six and one in those. And I'm, I'm reason I'm going over this because one Mavs lead. I love, I love the lead sports media. I love Grizz lead. We are a part of Grizz lead Mavs lead <laughs> trash. All right. So, um, <laughs> they, they just, been, started. they annoyed game. us so bad. So this is really where all this came from as uh, them being so annoying during that game. Um, all right. So the, <laughs> The Mavs had, uh, they've had a, they had eight total days of rest in those games on an average of 1.14 days of rest before the matchup. So seven games, they had eight total days of rest in between, Mm -hmm. like prior to the next game. So that means that they've had at least a day of rest 
for the most part, on average, for all of those games. So at least one day of rest. Okay. The Grizzlies. We've had seven games as well. How many days of rest total do you think we've had? Mavericks have eight. Grizzlies have how many? Uh, six. Oh, letting my dog out. One second. <laughs> uh, the Grizzlies had four. So, are you saying half of those games they played the Miles were on back-to-backs? That's what I'm saying. Like, wow. they – four. Total. And Total that's regular four. season or including – well, I guess they haven't yeah. played in the playoffs, so yeah, it has to be regular season. Yeah. Yeah, if it, yeah, they haven't played in the playoffs. That's four. They've had half of the rest that the Mavericks have had entering those seven matchups between Ja and Luca. And so, obviously, is there something there? Like when you when literally we've thought of playing the Mavericks last year, we played them on a on a second half of a back to back at home. When they were home for two days and they, they came and played the Grizzlies on a back-to-back last year, I remember at some point. Why don't the Grizzlies get the Mavericks and then go play the Rockets? It's always <laughs> the other way around. It's always the Rockets and then you play the Mavericks. Yeah. Is there something Is there something there? I'm just asking. Is there something there? Oh, you know I love this kind of stuff uh, because there's already plenty of it when I looked at the schedule for this year. Like uh, I said it before on the Christmas Day game. Like, just look at the Grizzlies schedule a week before the Christmas Day game versus the Warriors and tell me that there's not something implied there. Um, I, I, I love this kind of stuff. Like, this is my thing. The one, I, I, it's what, six and one, you said? Six and one, yeah. Mavericks over the Grizzlies. Um, it's six and one. It should really probably be five and two because what Luca hit that crazy game winner yes. this last year. So I like it. Now, to be fair, the Mavericks are just a half court team. Like sometimes you just sometimes like people are just bad matchups, and. Luke they are a bad, bad, terrible matchup for the Grizzlies. Luke is just a bad matchup for us. So it makes sense why it would be a 6-1 record. But the time, the rest thing is weird. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not saying that there's someone in the league office like, that's really going to have to be planning it out. You know, it's more likely coincidence, but... Um, it's, but have they have they I ever thought have they ever thought like hey maybe like instead of going to Houston first and Maverick and then Dallas second maybe we go to yeah. Dallas first like is it yeah. not like hey we're just going to keep it the same thing over and over again like that's my thing is i you don't fall into trends we should not be able to say they've have half of the rest in a seven game series half that's, yeah, that's that's great. That's crazy. That's very you know you you shouldn't find that somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can find a lot of interesting trends with that with teams going to Texas, right? Like because 
usually on road to on road trips for most teams that go to Texas, it's Dallas Spurs Rockets or some combination. Yeah, like you uh, you obviously get um, you obviously get multiple trips in the same spot. That's how they do it basically for the NBA because I guess it right. makes more sense. Um, so I I don't know. I like it. But I don't know if there's a big, big deal. There is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's go ahead and get into these game predictions. Uh, the, the Grizzlies take on the the New York, uh, New York, pretty much the New York Nets, the Brooklyn Nets uh, tomorrow night, seven o'clock. Um, what do you what are, what are your thoughts on the game? I, I think it's going to be like you said already. It's a little bit going to be up and down. No defense. Um any advice on this game that you're in or any matchups you're mainly looking at? Um, I just think it's going to be up and down. Like it's an interesting matchup because what are you going to do with Stephen Adams in this game? Yeah. Um, because who is he going to guard Nick Claxton or Ben Simmons? Like I probably wasn't guarding Ben Simmons because <laughs> Ben Simmons isn't really a threat to do anything, right? Yeah. But right. he can at least kind of dribble around the perimeter, set screens, handoffs, dives, you know, can drive by Steven. Uh, so it's interesting. So maybe they like putting him on Claxton because Claxton is more of a prototypical, you know, rim runner that Steven usually guards against. So I guess I could see that where um, Steven's guarding Claxton. And I'm very interested by if Dylan Keck. Um, I think he will. I think he will. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure what the. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Um, oh, we got we got another conspiracy theory. No, not another <laughs> conspiracy theory. Not one that has been fleshed out. You know that I've worked through. But is are they kind of like pushing Dylan's? Start date back till it's like break in case emergency situation. Like if we were zero three right now, Dylan definitely playing tomorrow. I would say yes. Um, like, do they care if they go two two and for another three days? I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a big difference for them. I don't know if that coaching staff is in front office is looking at win probability and all that kind of stuff. Like. The Grizzlies being favored at home is kind of surprising to me with what they don't have, right? Um, especially against the Nets with Kevin Grant and Kyrie Irving. So it's surprising that the Grizzlies are even favored to me. Um, yeah. Being down, you know, two starters in Zaire. Um, so maybe it's a win probability thing for them. Like, you know what? We kind of we have like a 54% chance of winning this. Uh, what's the probability if we bring Brooks back in this game, increase our probability by that much where we, where we can't not bring on a double negative, but can't not bring him back or we got 50 shot. Let's just see what happens. If we lose, eh, we're two, two going to the rest of the week. Well, at least we saved him another three days. Now he's a hundred percent healthy, no risk of re-injury for some reason. Um, 
and then we can kind of get everything back together that way. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to view that, but I definitely think we're seeing Dylan if we're zero three tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The kind of fortunate start that we had is maybe keeps pushing Dylan off to make sure there's no chance of re-injury. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. Um, and I'm just kind of looking over the the lineup that the Nets have been running, and it's pretty much a nine man lineup. Um, they don't really play too many other people. Uh, but I'm curious the direction they go because in one game they played Cam, Cam Thomas 13 minutes, but the next game they didn't play him at all. Um, Dayron Sharp, he he usually he's he's playing. Patty Mills is playing. Um, first game, Markeith Morris literally played three minutes, but then he played 20 the next game, I believe. So I'm curious the direction they go. But looking at this, there's not really a big, and so I think Stephen Adams is. It's going to be like the the uh, probably the, the wild card almost because do you do you use him to your advantage or do they use it they use him to their advantage? I think that's what it comes down to is because he can be a a player that hey if we want to go smaller we have the ability to go smaller in this game run up and down the court use Steven as our main rebounder and get up the floor with the expectation that they're not going to rebound either. And Steven has a good chance of getting the rebounds and pushing the ball up the floor. And we do it that way. Or is it they use him and they just put him in just every single pick and roll that they possibly can. And I don't know who can really do anything, but I would imagine Ben Simmons can just drive right past him. Uh, he's not yeah. going to shoot though. So you're going to better lay off of him. Um, and Kyrie's Kyrie. I'm not too worried about him. Not, not that he's not good. I think he's going to, I think he can go by anybody. Steve Adams, Conchar, Aldama, any of them. So I don't. He's going to take advantage of whatever he wants to take advantage of, and then K and KD is KD. So um, I don't really worry about KD and Kyrie because I think they have advantages no matter who they're up against. In my opinion, just like Ja, I think Ja has the advantage whoever he's up against. Um, and so I'm curious what they do. Um, how much Steven yeah. plays? I think. I think. I think uh, Adams is going to be a a big X factor. And so I think he is probably the biggest question mark coming into the game. Yeah. uh, This to me is, it's got to be Brandon Clark game. Like, Oh yeah. I know know we didn't talk about, I know we talked about, you know, to death already about the defense. And if Brandon Clark is the featured five, then we're going to have a lot of problems (laughs) defensively. Um, But you kind of almost have to, right? Because he is just going to be such a threat rolling to the rim against this Nets team uh, versus Adams. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens, but Clark isn't going to start. Like, he's not going to. But he hasn't really done very well in the first two games, and I think that's purely because of rotation. Purely because of rotation. Like, there's Xavier Tillman has had his chances with me. Like I'm, I'm done with I'm Xavier done. Tillman. I'm done. Yeah, I, I'm, done. I'm done with Xavier Tillman, and it's affecting Brandon Clark's play. Like Brandon Clark is not as efficient efficient as he should be right now, 
because he has to play with Xavier Tillman. <laughs> well, listen, I'll st- I'll stand on a uh, a mountaintop right here, and I will make a proclamation. <laughs> all right, if Xavier Tillman plays in this game, Taylor Jenkins has an issue. And I don't know what that issue is. If he can't see that this is a terrible matchup for a big who Xavier Tillman is, and there's no way he should be playing for the benefit of the team, for the benefit of him, there's no way Xavier Tillman should play. Like, no way. And whether you bring back Dylan or not, I would rather go small and go with nine guys and go with somebody else. I would even rather go with Kenny Lofton that because he has a more potential Oof. to be on the outskirts. I don't like Junior, and we can talk about him. We've we've already gone over what I want to talk about anyway. In general, <laughs> of length, like we're we're, we're in overtime now. already. Yeah, um, I have my thoughts on Junior, but if he plays Xavier, there's no there's no way that it makes sense in his head. There has to be another reason why he would play Xavier Tillman. There has to be. Is it trying think, to get his draft off, dra- uh, yeah. trade stock up? I don't. What is it? No, I think it's because of the rebounding. I think he thinks that Xavier Tillman's a better rebounder because we are league worst in defensive oh, rebound. Rate. Horrible. We're league worst in defensive rebound rate. Now I know you can say, oh well, you know they got killed by the Mavericks. Like that's going to look bad, but like this is defensive rebound rate. Like. Yeah. <laughs> That shouldn't factor that much into it. It might hurt it a little bit, but we're league worst. Yeah. Like the Rockets, we made Alpin Sengun, who oh honestly God. is not I won't say he's not very good. He's he's playable, is I guess what I should say. He's very playable um, against us because he's he of is our a style. playable, serviceable seventh or eighth man. And he destroyed us. Like, we could not keep him off the boards. (laughs) So I think that's why Xavier Tillman gets that nod is because of the perceived rebounding that Xavier Tillman will bring. And it just has not happened. (laughs) It just hasn't happened. Funny thing, the Grizzlies on rebounding is allowed rank seventh in the league this, this season. This season only. Offensive yeah. rebound allowed, 11th. They're not as bad as we probably make them out to be. It probably looks worse in our heads. But they aren't great. They do good at team rebounding. So it like spreads. So you can't really, there's no like, you know, big number that people are putting up. Like the first game where they put up, I think, Aldama, Conchar, and Adams put up uh 36 between them is what it was but they haven't really been that since but they're getting still five rebounds um i want to say um adams has got nine every game this year they're doing enough but they're it's just like team rebounding bane's being a much better rebounder this year um i don't know it's it's gonna be a, a different game but um very much a game that i think that the grizzlies have a chance to to really win and like you said or like I guess, like I said, uh, Adams is going to be an, an X factor. And I go back to the first game of the season, uh, the Pelicans and the Nets. JV played 27 minutes. They beat him by 22. It, he was plus 28. 
I kind of look at comparables a little bit and how he did. He had 13 rebounds. Looks like he played a lot of the game, 15 points. It was a it was a good JV game. Um, and so I'm curious. He played on average at what everybody else played this as starter. So it looks like he played normal rotation, normal minutes, and they just blew him out. I wonder if going big against them affects them. Because if you see the next game, a team that's not big, a team that went small, that because they that's big as they can get is the Toronto Raptors, the Nets beat them. Now, granted, they were at home and the first game was on the road, and that was their home opener. I, I don't know if any of that plays a factor into it or not, but just I look at the two different teams. One has uh Scotty Barnes as their as their big, <laughs> one has <laughs> JV. And I might go back and watch a little bit more of that game to get a better feel on my side of betting and life, uh, but also to kind of see maybe how they matched up against using JV, because JV is, wor- I think, in my opinion, worse than Adams as a defender. Probably equivalent, if we're going to be fair. Yeah. Right. Um, JV is a better scorer. True. But the Pellas also have long-ranging defenders. And uh, they can kind of keep the wings at bay as much as they can. We don't yeah. have that right now. We just don't. Um, and I think the rebounding stuff kind of comes apart with they're playing more matchup zone and switching everything. You're just going to get mismatches like that on the back. Like it's just going to happen on the back end sometimes with mismatches. And if you're in some sort of zone, like you give up, more offensive rebounds anyways. Like, it just yeah. is what it is. Um, I, I'm curious because the Nets are absolutely going to target Steven. Absolutely. Yeah. He will be in every possession. I would be surprised if he's not. Um, so, I he's not really a rim protector anyway. So, if Nick Claxton is not involved in a pick and roll, he's going to be in a dunker spot. And that leaves Steven to rotate over to protect the rim. Like, that's just, you know, he, he's okay, but it's just not really his thing. Yeah. Um, but at least it would be him more around the basket. Like, I, I think it's a mistake for the Nets if Adams is around the basket. Like, they, I think he needs to be pulled out and put in stuff all the time. Because then that gives them the advantage on those second chance opportunities. Um, yeah. Blown by Conchar, Ja, Bain, uh, Santi, you know, the rookies when they come in. Um, if they just let Stephen sit in the middle, then they're stupid. But, <laughs> and that's, that's to our favor. So that's probably another thing I'm watching. But, like, to me, it's all about, and this is basically how the NBA has turned into anyways, right? Like, who's making their threes tonight? That's basically what the NBA is in the regular season. (laughs) Like, sure, you have a superstar, John Brown, who can attack the rim at any time he wants to and find anybody in the corner that he wants to. You have Kevin Durant, who can shoot whenever he wants to. Kyrie Irving, who can attack the basket whenever he wants to. Like you have, you just have three guys in this game who can get whatever the shot they want at any time. So to me, it is about everyone else around the perimeter. And if the Nets come in and shoot thirty percent tomorrow from three, and we shoot thirty-five percent, we'll win. Like it, it's it's pretty hmm. simple, right? It just comes down to that. Yeah. It, it that's 
that is basically how you can break down most of NBA games. Like it's, it's not all right because there's some teams that just don't shoot threes. Um, but the Grizzlies are shooting, checking up 40 a game this year. Like they're one of right. four teams who are shooting above 40. Last year, I think there was only two NBA teams in the whole NBA that shot above 43s a game last year. So those numbers could fall off, obviously, and I expect that number fall for the Grizzlies when they get all their guys back. But like it's quite literally who's going to shoot 36 to 30, 35 to 37 percent from three tomorrow night. And if that team does that, they're going to win. If both teams do it, it's going to be a great 120 to 125 game. <laughs> We're still cashing. Uh, real quick, breaking news. Uh, Pelicans say Zion Williamson did not check back in because of a posterior hip contusion. Oh. So that's not. Sounds fancy. Huge. That's not huge. But Zion going out in general is not good, right? It's not good at all. But the fact that <laughs> it's a it's a contusion, which means that it could just be like a. It could be like just a bruise for in general. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but the hip is an issue, right? Because he's a bigger guy. Hips don't lie. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they might, they might give him trouble. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that. Uh, right now, the over under in the Kings and the Warriors game, 270 and a half. Jeez. I haven't checked the scores <laughs> at all since we started this. Kings gave up. 89 points to the Warriors in the first half. It was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, I bet. Yeah. All right, so let's get into this week, uh, and we'll get out of here with our predictions. But before we get there, a uh, little bit about our presenting sponsor, Zach Jaworski State Farm, uh, where they treat you like family. They will treat you like family if you give them a call and get a rate quote of some sort, whether it be you know your life, your boat. Um, need some jewelry, you know, need to insure the jewelry, you know, insure my wife's jewelry. Uh, I hope you did yours. If you didn't, you probably didn't spend enough, but um, <laughs> I won't ask how much you spent tonight. Uh, but yeah, go, um, if you need automobile insurance, whatever it is, uh, go call our guy, Zach uh, and his team, Zach Jaworski State Farm, 901-459-4227 at Zach Insures Memphis. That's Z-A-C-H. Zach insures Memphis.com again, 901-459-4227. Just give them a call. Let them know the Grizz 901 team sent you and they will hook it up. I promise you. Um, But, but let's go ahead and then we'll get out of here. We've went on way too long, Uh, but thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into these predictions. Uh, Nets and the Grizzlies. I don't care about the, uh, the, the line. I want to care about a win or a loss. Give me your predictions. Nets come into the grindhouse tomorrow night, Monday night. Who wins? Yeah, I think the Grizzlies win. I think this is just a perfect spot for Bane. Perfect spot for You've him. been saying that. I've been saying that, and I know it. But there is not a worse defense to get right against um, <laughs> than this Nets team. and. They're not going to chase Bane. Like, it's very easy to know what the Grizzlies are going to do, but it's still not easy to chase him. And are they like, are they going to put Ben Simmons on him? I wouldn't think so. Well, they have Royce O'Neal, who isn't a bad defender. He's not a bad defender, but he's older. 
and right. Dana's cooked him before. So, uh, to me, this is a great spot for him. Um, because even if, you know, if, if it's an Adam screen and Nick Claxton is the one showing on Bane, Bane can go by him, and then he's on the back line. Like, it's yeah. Kevin Durant. Um, and if Kevin's not in, it's who? Yeah. Seth Curry? Man, well, I Seth's don't not, know if he's Seth not playing Curry's going to play, but, yeah, like, Joe Harris yeah. is probably not going to be in there. He is. So, he's coming off the bench now. Okay. Joe Harris is going to be back. I wasn't sure if he was playing yet. But he, yeah, but he's coming off the bench, and they have uh, what Markeith Morris, they have Patty Mills, um, they have Joe coming off the bench, and then Dayron Sharp. That's their main nine that they've been they played with a lot. Um, they could probably go either direction, but I don't, I don't think um, I think the Grizzlies outsize them in most of the other areas. I, I think the Grizzlies could go a little bit bigger in this game and kind of take it at them because there's nobody going to challenge Ja at the rim. Nobody. Like they have nobody to defend the rim. Um, and so I'm curious of what happens. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a, I think this is a big game for Ja. I really do. Um, Agreed. I think it's a, I think it's a good game for Bain. If Dylan comes back, I think Dylan, because then your best defender is Bain realistically on the court if Dylan's not there. And that's why Dylan uh, uh, Bain had to play against Luca, and he has no match for Luca. There are not many people are, but he's no match for Luca. So that's been the other thing is I look at is Bain. He's been struggling because he's having to play a more defensive role in this team. And that and that's not his that shouldn't be his role. His role is to score 25 points, hammer some threes, but his three hasn't looked good. But eventually it will fall. When it falls, you better get on board because dude's going to take off. Um but all right, so yeah, I'm on the Grizzlies too. I, I think this is a big game for Ja. Um, and I think that Steven Adams could be the X factor and the X factor of we just we're bigger than you and you can't challenge at the rim, and Ja's gonna just go crazy. I think he goes off for 30 plus again. I'm curious what his line oh, is. Yeah. I'm looking at KD's is 28 and a half, uh Kyrie's is 25 and a half. I think that KD goes off for 30 plus. I think Ja goes off for 30 plus easily. So yes, that's my prediction. That's um, all right. The Grizzlies, after they play on Monday night, they again get two days off and then they go out to, I promise you, it will be a high scoring game. And if it's on anything, <laughs> if it's two thirty or less, I'm hammering above that. We'll have conversations. But uh, right now the Kings <laughs> are playing the Warriors and the lines yeah. 270 and a half. Grizzlies oh, yeah. take on the, the Kings out in LA or not LA, but out in California, out on the wet, the, uh, the West coast, um, take on the Kings. They're obviously going to be zero and three. They're already down 22, the warriors. Um, what do you think happens in that game? Yeah, I agree. It's an up and down game too. It's not going to be pretty. De'Aaron Fox always murders us. Um, mm-hmm. the Sabonis matchup is very interesting to me because he could have a pretty big game potentially. Just like um, Sangoon. Yeah, but I and he's better. <laughs> right. Uh, but I'm not like I like Kevin Herter, but I'm not a huge Malink Monk guy. Okay. Um, but I think Keegan Murray could actually have a really <laughs> nice game against us, even though he yeah. is a rookie. Like he just looks like he's been playing for a couple years already. Like he's just a seasoned vet kind of feel. Like he's not flashy. He's just solid. Um. 
I think the Grizzlies win that one too. And I know I'm being high because usually I would be pessimistic on the under stuff. Like I was in everything for the Mavs game, as you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I try to stay realistic in that spot, but I just don't think the Kings are as advertised. Like people are like, oh, they're going to be frisky. They might make the play in. Like they might because everybody else sucks. But <laughs> I don't think I. Like, I just don't think they're that much above them, right? Like, right. the sucky teams. Like, I just don't think they're that great. Um, so, I think the Grizzlies can win, and I think they're going to win. And if we, you know, by the Kings, after the Kings game, if we're, what is that, four and one? Oh, my God. Yeah. What a gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably more realistic that we're three and two, uh, two and three at worst, but, um, four and one would be amazing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Four and one would be amazing. Um, last one, uh, this is a game that is on Saturday. So you will not be back here recording before then, uh, the Grizzlies are then going to go on a, um, I guess two game little miniseries with the jazz both there uh they play them on saturday and then they have a day off in utah which i would imagine the guys aren't going to leave so they're not going to have much to do so they should be good to go for that game again monday uh with a game off in utah hopefully they don't get lost in the snow Um, but (laughs) you have the you have them taking on the jazz and we have two games so let's just talk about the first one uh you're going to have a day of rest going into Utah. So what do you think about that game, first game against Utah? Yeah, regardless, I think they're going to split. Um, mm. So I, I I don't know if it's the first or the second one, but they're going to win okay. one, they're going to lose one. Okay. Um, typically, I would say they win the first one, lose the second one. Yeah. Uh, but they could lose that first one, win the second one. I, I think they're definitely splitting, for sure. Unless okay. Danny Ainge is already like pissed off that they're three and one or whatever. And I was like, Nope. Uh, hard minutes restriction on Mike Conley and Colin Sexton and <laughs> no Laurie marketing, <laughs> but like that's, they've been a competent team. Um, and there's pace with that team and they pass the ball. It's right. It's not, not one of those one man show teams and it surprises people. That's, I, that's why I'm surprised people thought the jazz are going to be that bad. Um, yeah. Because all those pieces are just like connective pieces. There's not like an alpha amongst right. that group, right. but they can catch anybody on any given night because it could be three or four of them that yeah. pitch in on any night. Um, but throughout the season, it kind of sucks that we're getting that se- er, uh, um, getting that early in the season. Yeah, because especially with the way we are with health-wise right now. If we're full strength, yeah. no problem. We're blowing them out both games. Um, maybe blowing us out too far, but we win both games. I I would love to have this two-game stretch against them in March because they're not going to be anywhere near to what they are right now in March. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I, I look at the uh, the times of the game. So the Sacramento game's at 9 o'clock, but you look at the Utah game. The Utah game's at 8 o'clock Central. So they're saying, like, hey, we want to grab all the Memphis viewers that we can 
um, mm. because normally West Coast are like at nine nine thirty. Who cares? Like we want the West Coast viewing. With Utah, they're like, ah, let's see if we can get some of that East Coast, some of that uh, <laughs> some of that Memphis viewers. Uh, all right, I'm going to ask you a few questions. We're getting out of here. This is just a record. Obviously, the Grizzlies are playing seven games in the month of October. Uh, we're about to finish up. And so right now we're already 2-1. We're entering into the, the Nets game uh, Monday. Uh, the Grizzlies finish 4-3. and three. What grade school letter grade are you given that for the month of October? Uh, considering the roster, if it stays exactly the same, an A. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I will. All right. Because uh, to go past, like, I know I am higher on their record for what they probably in reality are right now, but I believe in Josh star power and his ability to just win games that they shouldn't or at least be in games that they shouldn't. And I think Bain's going to get right very soon. And you also have Dylan coming back. But I do think that Grizz fans should be prepared to have like a Boston Celtics-esque start to a regular season. Hmm. Like the Celtics last year, they started out, what, 24 and 25 or 25 and 23, and, uh, you know? And everybody's yeah. like, what is going on with the Celtics? And then they just ran off on people for the final 30 four games or whatever it was right like yeah but the Grizzlies' schedule is tough tough. that's why i'm saying after christmas that's why i'm saying if i would not it would not surprise me if we are right around 500 and everybody's writing us off oh i guess it was this one year wonder Uh, you're you're gonna get all that crap like it's gonna happen okay um and it would not surprise me if we're at 500 or a little above, a little below, and then we just have that kind of run like the Celtics do. We get Triple J back, everybody's healthy, Zaire's okay, Dylan's okay. Maybe we make a move or two. Who knows? Um, you know, this is really valuable time for the younger guys, for the second uh, second unit, um, and we're just clicking come January, come the new year. And we just yeah. run off on people. So I think that's how this season could go. And so I don't want people to jump ship, even though I'm higher on what I, they probably are right now. Um, I think by the end of the season, it's still a 45 plus win team to me. Mm. Like, even if it's 20 to, you know, they're 20 and 22 after 42 games. Yeah. Like the final 40, like they can go 30 and 10. Like it's, it's possible. Yeah. Are you freaking out if they're three and four? No, I'm not freaking out. Okay. No. Cool. All right. Well, that's all we got. Um, you know, I know we went long tonight, but we kind of had some good stuff to talk about and kind of had uh, more time to kind of do that. So that's why this one's a little bit longer, a little over an hour. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we didn't even get into junior conversation. We're going to hold that one <laughs> to another day. I have my thoughts on it. I've spoken my thoughts. If you want my thoughts, you can go uh, probably find them somewhere on my Twitter account. Um, And I just think everybody needs to understand that the people up top are making the decisions and they've made some really good decisions so far with the fact of drafting him in general. Give the guy some time. He's not in the best basketball shape. Not not that he's like runs up and down the court and he's winded and whatever. Maybe he is. I don't know. But like he needs to get his body 
right to be an NBA player. Like you have to get yourself to the point where you can be a, a real NBA player. Um, and so just give me some time. He is, he's still young. He's still probably got some baby, baby fat in there somewhere that he'll probably let go. Uh, but let's look up and, you know, maybe next year, two years from now. And when you can really hone in his offensive skill set, uh, that's really what, what makes the difference is if you can hone in a player's best attributes and make him who he is, I think that's really what it's all about. Uh, yeah, Ryan, anything else? Go ahead. Yeah. It, to, to add on to that, it's not because of quote unquote politics of the team. Don't be a moron. Like it's not because of politics. Quit being stupid. <laughs> well, <laughs> kid is just not ready. Talked yeah, four he, times in eight minutes. It's just too fast for him right now. It is way um, too fast. You want to talk about bad defense? I'm like, God. All right, like, all right. We can't can't get into it right, yet. We sorry. can't. It's I'm not about politics. You. Is why he's not playing. Like, stop it. Yeah. Um, all right. So I disagree a little bit. I think there is a little politics, but oh, I think stop it. There's no I, politics. I, just, I think that politics they have are. to, you have Xavier Tillman about to leave. Like uh, he's either going to, he's going to expire on his contract in the year and not go anywhere. Just eventually at the end of the year, he's not on the team anymore, or he takes 2 million to be the 15th guy, or you let him get some run in and, make you know show that he's still serviceable player and eventually you trade him off like there's potential there for the politics on that end of it uh but also like he's still he's still like a a warm blanket like he's still good he does his job but he's like nothing special all right (laughs) enough about this junior xavier telling the politics uh we could probably go on that a whole show by itself but um let's get out of here but um anything else from you um anything at all no i don't know all right that's all we have thank you for hanging out with us so much uh like i said it was a long one but i hope it was a good one be nice and tell your friends